Hello, I'm Matthew Wolf, and you're listening to my podcast. This podcast is the best bit from my weekly radio show on Wizard Radio Station every Sunday from three till four. What you're listening to is taken from live radio, but this is a podcast, which means it is obviously not live. So please do not try and get in contact with any of the live details you may hear me mention throughout the show, as your messages will not be received, but you may still be charged. All of our terms and conditions for getting involved can be found on our website, www.wizardradio.co.uk. Also, as this is a podcast, some of the information we give about news stories may have been updated or changed since our broadcast went live. The information in this podcast is accurate and correct as of the time the radio show was originally broadcast, but might not now be accurate. Anyway, enjoy the podcast and don't miss the live radio show every Sunday from three till four, where you can get in touch live. Hello and welcome to the podcast. As always, we had two really interesting topics on today's show. For the first topic, I asked the listeners what they thought about the new police crime sentencing and courts bill, which cracks down on the ability to protest in public spaces. I asked if the UK democracy is in crisis as a result of this, and I had some really interesting responses on both sides of the fence. Later in the show, I asked the listeners what they thought about the easing of lockdown restrictions, which are coming about on the 29th of March. I hope you enjoy. Good afternoon and welcome to Wizard Radio. I'm Matthew Wolf, and for the next hour, and at this time, every single Sunday, I'll be discussing your thoughts on the biggest current affairs and political stories of the week gone by. For our first topic today, I want your thoughts on the government's new police crime sentencing and courts bill. Do you think that it's a blatant crackdown on democracy and the right to free speech and protest? Or is it a necessary crackdown on law and order? Later in the show, I want to hear your thoughts on the easing of lockdown restrictions from next week. Do you feel that the government are moving too slowly with the nation's reopening or are you satisfied with the speed we're moving at? Are you still nervous about seeing people again or do you think it's long overdue? As always, for this show to work, we need as many of you to get in touch as possible. So contact us. You can tweet us or DM us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Wiz Radio. Text us at no extra cost, only standard network rate supply on 07807 183538. Email us station at wizardradio.co.uk and all of our contact details are on our website www.wizardradio.co.uk Good afternoon. This week, the UK government began the process of trying to pass their new police crime sentencing and courts bill which they say will protect women and girls by increasing the minimum proportion of time sex offenders have to serve of their sentence. However, other parts of the bill are proving extremely controversial, particularly the new set of powers given to police breaking up protests. Here is a more detailed explanation by TLDR News of what the bill does to laws surrounding protests. Because this bill gives the state wider powers in four key areas. 
Firstly, previously the police had special powers to intervene only in major marches, but now all of those extended powers also apply to static protests and single-person protests. Secondly, the police can now restrict protests in order to prevent impact. Previously, police could only do this to prevent disorder, damage, disruption and intimidation. But this has now been extended to include impact, which sounds suspiciously vague to us. Thirdly, you can now be prosecuted for protesting illegally, even if you weren't aware of the law. Previously, you could only be prosecuted if you were knowingly breaking the law. Now, you can be prosecuted if it's decided that you ought to have known the law. Fourthly, the police are now allowed to stop protests for being too noisy. And this isn't defined objectively, but only when noise may result in serious disruption to the activities of an organisation. If this wasn't vague enough already, the bill also allows for the Home Secretary to quite literally define serious disruption however they want, via statutory instruments. And because these statutory instruments don't require parliamentary approval, and the police can now shut down disruptive protests, the Home Secretary can cancel pretty much any protest they don't like. With regards to the public nuisance part of the bill, the bill turns what was, an what was already an offence under common law into statute law. This means that there is now an explicit regulation regarding what public nuisance is, as well as introducing a maximum jail sentence of 10 years. Additionally, the bill also expands the definition of public nuisance to include annoyance. Back in 2015, the Law Commission did suggest that public nuisance be moved from common law to statute law. However, the commission included nothing about, about the term annoyance, which the government have added. Also in this bill are tougher sentences for those who deface statues, as well as greater powers given to the police in cases of removing travellers and gypsies. Travellers can now be removed by police if they suspect that significant disruption to the public is likely to be caused, even if no crime is currently being committed. The government defending this bill by stating that they are becoming tougher on law and order at a time when it is needed. And the Home Secretary, Priti Patel, has stated that there is a clear democratic mandate for the bill, having included it in the Conservative Party's manifesto in the last election. However, whilst this is true, the manifesto included no reference about the protests in its mentioning of the bill, only of travellers and public monuments. The bill's curbing of public protest has incensed many, with some outraged at the timing of this bill. Following the police's treatment of women at the Sarah Everard vigil, it's led many to question whether the police deserve even more powers. It has led to even more protests this week, with the Kill the Bill marches in Bristol turning violent over the last few days, with some saying these have now been hijacked by those on tents of violence, regardless of the cause. So I want to hear from you. Is this bill a necessary increase in law and order, or is it simply a crackdown on democracy? A reminder of the ways in which you can get in touch with the show. You can tweet us or DM us on Instagram and Twitter, we're at WizRadio. Text us at no extra cost, only standard network rate supply on 07807183538. Email us station at wizardradio.co.uk and all of our contact details are on our website www.wizardradio.co.uk 
And for our second topic, I want to discuss how you feel about the easing of lockdown from Monday. From Monday, in the UK, the stay-at-home order will be replaced by the requirement to stay local. In Wales, that requirement isn't there isn't even a requirement to stay local as you're allowed to and you are allowed to travel within the country. People are also allowed to meet in groups of six or in groups of two households. Organised sports outdoors will also resume. And I want to know your plans for next week and beyond. Are you excited or are you still approaching it with trepidation? Do you think that the reopening should be quicker to include non-essential shops and gyms? Or do you feel that the government are picking the right pace to move at? Let me know your thoughts. Once again, before we move on to the first topic, and um, sorry, once again, before our first break and then the discussion of the first topic, here are the ways in which you can get in touch. On Instagram and Twitter, we're at WizRadio. Text us at no extra cost, only standard network rate supply. On 07807183538. Email us station at wizardradio.co.uk. And all of our contact details are on our website, www.wizardradio.co.uk. So um, we're going to get our first song of the hour on now. And um, after that, I want to hear all your thoughts on that main question. Is the UK's democracy in crisis um, in the wake of uh, the violent protests we've seen in Bristol and um, this controversial bill that the government are trying to pass? So, yeah, I want as many of your thoughts as possible. But right now, it's Justin Bieber, Peaches, featuring Daniel Caesar and Giveon. That was Justin Bieber, Peaches, featuring Daniel Caesar and Giveon. So welcome back to Wizard Radio. I'm Matthew Wolfe. And the question I'm asking you guys listening for the first um, 45 minutes or so of the show is, is the UK's democracy in crisis? And I've got a message uh, straight away here from Charlotte, who says, I know there have been some suggestions of this in the past, but I am now really scared that lockdown might have been the biggest slippery slope of all time. When people were saying that lockdown is a slippery slope last year, I was one of the people rolling my eyes and defending lockdown because it was clearly really important for our own health and safety. But now I'm regretting being so supportive of it. With this new policing bill, the timing is particularly suspicious because it's being brought in whilst we're being told that life will be going back to a new normal. To me, it sounds like it sounds like new normal is going to be a society where we're not as free as we used to be. Well, Charlotte, thanks for your message. And the idea that lockdown is, um, could have been a slippery slope into um, dwindling freedoms is not a new one on this show. Um, I, th- I remember talking about it in quite a lot of depth last week. And um, I said then, and I'll say it again, that lockdown was necessary, completely necessary. It saved countless lives. Um, already, a lo- a lots and lots of people tragically died from COVID, but um, from COVID-19, but lots more would have died had we not had lockdown. And it was completely necessary. But um, there was an article I read and um, that talked about how whilst lockdown was necessary, um, it would be a very it will be a test of our constitution to see how robust it is, to see whether um, we can resort back to um, a time when we've all got our freedoms once these emergency measures um, once the, this uh, this period's over and that um, the government needs to and it would be interesting to see if the government relinquished these emergency powers. And um, I have to say that this bill, uh, in being so vague, seems as if 
it's an opportunity for the government to really suppress the protest they want to, which is never a good thing uh, for democracy. Um, one one um, theory I've heard from a lot of people about this bill is that it um, it's part of the government's culture. They think that with um, the BLM protests and the um, the people surrounding the statues, that as a right wing government who um, who earn their support from uh, who um, yeah, our right wing government, um, they maybe want to um, benefit. They, I'll say that again. They'll maybe benefit off um, maintaining a culture war and um, dividing people and creating kind of two opposing camps and simplifying complex issues like um, racial inequality in the UK into they hate Churchill, um, which in itself is a an image in a um, a statement that will rile up a lot of people against the causes that the government wants and they can therefore get a lot of people on side and win future elections. That's a theory I've heard. I'm not sure. Um, I honestly don't know whether I fully agree with it or not, but I do think that it's it's quite interesting. And um, and I, I want to know your you guys' thoughts on it. And um, quickly, before I move on to um, George's message, I just want to talk about how likely this is um, to actually go through this bill. And um, one thing that does make it more likely than anything else, is the fact that the government included it in their manifesto. And something called the Salisbury Convention, uh, conventions in, in the UK are things that um, they almost go, but they're, they're unsaid, they're not written, but they're stuff that the lawmakers always follow. For example, a, a convention is that the Queen will never override a law made by Parliament um, because there's, got, there's a democratic mandate for that, even though she technically has the power for it. So that's a convention. And this one convention called the Salisbury Convention um, maintains that the House of Lords do not have a right to overrule uh, things that are in the government's manifesto um, because there's a democratic mandate for it um, as they included it in the manifesto and it was voted for. However, this has been overruled once or twice. Um, there was... Uh, the case of tax credits, the House of Lords um, overruled the government when they wanted to cut tax credits for um, single parents. And um, I think that's the only one I can remember off the top of my head. But it's important to remember that it's very, very rare due to this convention that the Lords will overrule things in the government's manifesto. However, the fact that parts of this bill were not included in the manifesto means that it is slightly more likely that the Lords may try and overrule this. Uh, the Lords is um, does not have the same, because people are appointed for life, it does not have the same breakdown as the Commons. The Lords is, um, sl there's no majority for a single party, but together there are more um, Lords of uh, who support Labour and the Lib Dems and Independents than are supporters of the Conservative Party, uh, which means that um, if the Lords really wanted to, it may they may want to, um, they may want to block this. Uh, notwithstanding the fact as well that many conservative backbenchers also um, also oppose this bill. We heard them in Parliament this week talking about how they think it could be a curb on people's freedoms. That is perhaps less significant due to the fact that conservatives have, have such a large majority and can generally whip the MPs into voting uh, the way uh, the government want them to. But uh, it is worth noting as well. So um, that's just a recap of how likely it is that um that this this bill gets through um so yeah i i've, I've outlined that now so i'm going to go on to another message about um the impact of this bill should it get through and this text here is from 
George, he says, I remember last year when Boris Johnson first introduced lockdown. I was watching the press conference on TV and a journalist asked about the government's ability to impose a lockdown and make sure people follow it. Boris answered the question with a smirk on his face and almost laughed when he said the UK already had some of the strictest policing laws in place. So they don't doubt that they will be able to impose lockdown. I believe this has always been a part of Boris's plan. He got the British public in his hands. He scared us all into a lockdown, stripped our rights in the name of keeping us safe, and now is using it as an opportunity to control us even after this is over. I feel like I'm living in a movie. It's very scary. Well, George, um, I do think we have to be careful because Boris Johnson, it's worth remembering, was reluctant to put us into lockdown. He um, resisted it even when the scientific his scientific advisers were telling him to put us into lockdown he resisted it for quite a long period of time and that in itself cost a lot of lives we know that the idea of a lockdown was not the government's idea originally it was uh, the scientific advisor's idea and i'm going to maintain this a lockdown was necessary in order to save lives it's not but sorry it was completely necessary to save lives but i think what should be maintained from the start is it is an absolute worst last case scenario Lockdown um, is not, whilst it's better than um, not having a lockdown in the case of a deadly virus spreading around, it is absolutely not something that's sustainable. And the, the negative impacts that come with it, we've discussed uh, many, many times on the show, uh, the impact on people's mental health, the impact on people's physical health, uh, the impact on businesses, uh, the economic destruction, which the Conservatives view so highly. So I do think that... Um, it should be worth um, maintaining that um, lockdown was a worst case scenario and the government, I feel, did not want it at first. We saw that with the fact that um, we, we saw that with the fact that they um, that they tried to uh, ease restrictions as much as possible in the summer. But I do think that um, whilst it seems like these two issues of this bill and lockdown are very closely intertwined and for some of you, uh, pretty much everyone that's got in touch so far, they are. I do think my personal opinion is that um, that they're linked, but not in the way um, that some of you have said. I don't think they're linked in that the government are using uh, lockdown as a way to infringe upon our rights. I personally believe that the government are using um, the protests and the social unrest, which has possibly arisen as a result of lockdown. We've seen more marches and more protests in the last year than uh, in the last 10 years, probably before that. Um, I think the government are using that unrest to try and create a culture war and crack down on these protests saying no one wants this disruption, no one wants this nuisance, let's come out hard and uh, try and gain support uh, by saying that we're going to be tough on these protests. And I think that's a dangerous thing. I think it restricts and infringes upon people's rights and I think we should be wary on that. But I do not think the government are using uh, the coronavirus lockdown um, as a way into this. But that's just my opinion. Um, so, yeah, we've got another text here from so Sophia, who is coming from a completely different point of view to the ones, the text we've had into the show so far. She says, I really don't think we are in any sort of crisis and I'm not concerned about this bill because people are already holding the government to account and showing that they disagree with the law. This has been one of the most discussed news stories in the past week. And I think the government are feeling the pressure over just how unpopular this is. At the end of the day, our country is run as a popularity contest. And if the government do something that a lot of people disagree with, then they will lose their popularity and won't be the government much longer. 
We hold the power in our democracy, so our democracy isn't in crisis. Well, Sophia, I like the optimism of your take, but I have to say I do disagree with you. Um, the next election is a long time away, and I think it's very conceivable that whilst there is uproar now, um, it would have died down by the time that the next election rolls around and people won't necessarily consider it. There may be another issue that the government pin the entire election on, just like it was Brexit last time. They might find another issue that they pin everything on. And um, that may be what all the uh, discourse is focused on next time around. So I feel like it's very easy for the government to um, get away with that based on how long there is between now and the next election. That's the first reason I disagree with you. But the second reason is that um, maybe this this bill isn't actually un as unpopular as you say. Uh, parts of the media are, are um, protesting with it. But I do think that the government feel like they're playing to a populist base in saying that um, they can create uh, all the outrage that were, uh, that came about with the um, the disruption around statues in the summer and other protests. They feel that they can gain popularity because in our system of democracy, no one needs an outright majority. The Conservatives won a landslide victory with only 40-something, 43, 44% of the popular vote in the last election. So if they can solidify their base and um, create a culture war, whether that's good for the social fabric of the of this country or not, um, is irrelevant. The government will be able to um, use this uh, to gain support. And um, while certain media outlets are stating how dangerous this is, others are on board with it. Whether they've got influence from the government or not is another question. But um, in, a, in a free press, um, the, the the media should be able to print exactly what they like. And some are um, completely criticising the government, but other right-leaning news outlets are actually somewhat supportive of this, saying it's a good crackdown on law and order. Um, so, yeah, I do think that for those two reasons, um, the first being that um, it may not be as unpopular as you think, and the second um, being that uh, there's still a long time before the next election, I do think the government... Um, may i don't want to get away with this and um it may uh, they may get it may not be as unpopular as um you think so sophia so i hope you're right sophia i hope we're not in crisis and i hope democracy is strong enough to um ride through this but i am i have to say fairly concerned so um yeah thanks for the text though uh, it was really interesting to have um your side of the story which is different to the text we had uh, before that so thanks for your text um we've got another text here from Alex and um, Alex is going to be the last text. Oh no, sorry, um, I misread the time there. Um, we've got a few more texts for our next break, but um, here's one from Alex who says, the police bill is unnecessary. From reading the, the news coverage about it and the analysis of the bill, it sounds like it ma this makes the police's job easier. It doesn't actually protect the public anymore. I can't work out what part of the bill actually makes us safer. It lets the police remove people from places if they think they're being disruptive, not even if they're actually being disruptive. That doesn't actually protect people. Maybe I've watched... ...from the first place, which isn't democratic. It's unnecessary and shouldn't be passed. Well, Alex, you've raised a host of good points, but I'm going to focus on... Um, at the start of your message when you're talking about how it makes the police's job easier and i think that um that's one of the most dangerous parts of the bill the fact that police can move travelers if they suspect they'll cause disruption 
uh, not if they are causing disruption or they can um, remove people from public spaces if they suspect that they'll cause disruption in a protest, even if it's not happening at the moment or if, they, if they're too noisy or um, if the Home Secretary feels that um, it's disruptive. This leads the police to basically do what they want in public spaces. And I feel that it's a very, very dangerous thing. Theresa May um, gave, uh, I don't know if you can call this a criticism of the bill because she said she overall supported it, but she had some queries. She said to Priti Patel that, um, and I, this, these are her words, she said that um, whilst um, I completely trust you, you as a Home Secretary, other Home Secretaries may not be as sensible as you. And I feel like it may not be, um, uh, the best thing to give the Home Secretary this much power. And they both started giggling to each other and Priti Patel started laughing on the front bench. But I think it's a serious issue that um, if Priti Patel doesn't like a protest, she has the right to shut it down. And um, whether you're a big fan of Priti Patel or not, you have to remember that the next person in, you, e even if you're a huge supporter of Priti Patel and think she'll uh, make fair and right decisions, you have to be wary that the next person in the job may not be so sensible as Theresa May says. And um, giving a, a minister this much power is a very, very dangerous thing, in my opinion. I think one of the cornerstones of a, a strong democracy is the ability to um, the ability to protest and the ability to criticise the government. And if the government had the right to shut down uh, criticism and shut down protest through the police, that can't be a good thing. And this vague language uh, is just dangerous to me. So, um, yeah, thanks for the text, Alex. And I share pretty much all of your concerns. I think it was a great text. Um, there's another text here from Callum. He says, as you said, Matthew, the government have used the fact that people have protested during lockdown to make an enemy of protesters and try to put in laws to stop protests. The government's attempts are working, though, because they make protesters look like bad people. These people are then going out and protesting again, allowing the government to keep making an enemy of them. It's a vicious cycle that is playing in the government's favour. Governments don't like protest. It's bad press for them. So for the government, this is an opportunity to put an end to that. It's very scary, but the people protesting right now against the bill, uh, uh, get, protesting against the bill are playing into the government's plan. Well, Callum, um, that's a brilliant point. The idea that this is a vicious cycle that um, the government are making enemies out of protesters. And then when people protest that, they can just point to them and say, look how violent these people are. This is why the bill is needed. So for the people peacefully protesting the bill, um, what you could say to them is um, you could tell them to stop protesting because that's playing to the government's strength. But then the bill just goes unchallenged. But then if they do protest, the government can just look and say, oh, look at the disruption they're causing. Um, we need to crack down on protest because of them. So it's a vicious cycle that these people are stuck in. And um, one thing um, stuck with me, I, I, a comedian, uh, Kay Kurd, um, quite, a, quite a big comedian um, who I follow on social media. And um, he tweeted something. He said, um, if the people you're protesting are comfortable with your means of protest, then it isn't a protest at all. It's just a bad day out. He didn't say bad, but uh, it's just a, a not very fun day out. And I think that's a really, really great way of summing it up. Uh, a pro what a protest is, is um, expressing your displeasure at the government and um, or, or whoever. It doesn't have to be at the government. You don't have to protest them. But it, it's expressing your displeasure and trying to make people uncomfortable in order to change their ways. Um, the protests in um, South Africa during the apartheid era, 
um, didn't make the rulers comfortable. They tried to crack down on the protests and they broke the law in peaceful ways by uh, sabotaging infrastructure and things like that. And that's how people took notice by um, hitting them where it really mattered. Uh, because if, if the people you're protesting with are happy with the protest, then they've got no reason to, to change their way and no reason to listen to your protest. So I think that's fundamentally why protests work. And I do think that people... Um, that people need to maintain that and need to uh, still have that level of um, still have that in their mind because if the government are happy with it then it's not making as much of a difference and I think that the fact that the government are trying to crack down on it does suggest that they are uncomfortable with it so um, yeah I think it's a dangerous thing but I also think that um, it could perhaps be a sign that the protests are working and one final thing before we move on to our second song um, I just want to say that the way the government are making enemies out of the protesters is quite a clever thing because of the variety of protests we've had this summer. I can guarantee that nearly every single person in this country will have been annoyed and outraged at one of the protests going on, um, whether that be the anti-vax protests or the anti-lockdown protests, which I myself were um, completely opposed to, or whether it be um, the Black Lives Matter protests. While I think that the anti-vax people, and we know for a fact they are misguided and what they're talking is complete nonsense, I do think that in a democracy, whilst it's difficult, they still have a right to protest because in banning their protest, you then ban all other forms of protest. And I think that um, the wide range of protests we had, we had um, the anti-vax protests, we had the anti-lockdown protests, we had the Black Lives Matter protests, we had the statue, the people defending the statues protests. And... Um, there's definitely every single person in this country I can pretty much bet on um, did not support at least one of those protests. So the government can then uh, make an enemy out of these protests and use it to um, garner support for this bill. And I feel like that's a, quite a clever thing that they're doing, but also a dangerous thing. So I think that's a good place to take a break and uh, regather ourselves after the next song. I want to have more of your thoughts on this question of if the UK democracy is in crisis. But right now is our second song of the hour. It's Griff and Black Hole. Welcome back to Wizard Radio. I'm Matthew Wolf. A reminder of the two topics we're discussing on today's show. The first question, which we've had some great messages in on already, is the question of if the UK's democracy is in crisis. Later in the show, we'll be talking about how you feel about the easing of lockdown from Monday. A reminder of the ways in which you can get in touch with the show. You can tweet us or DM us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at WizRadio. Text us at no extra cost, only standard network rates apply on 07807 183538. Email us station, st- sorry, email us station at wizardradio.co.uk and all of our contact details are on our website, www.wizardradio.co.uk. So um, without further delay, I'm going to get straight into um, some more messages on the topic of if uh, the UK's democracy is in crisis. Uh, Just a reminder of the context of this story. It comes as um, the government have began um, passing uh, their police crime sentencing and courts bill. And um, there's some very vague languages, languages, (laughs) there's some very vague language in the bill about um, situations in which the government and the police can crack down on protests. And um, 
yeah, I've been asking all of you listening if you think this is an assault on democracy or if it's simply um, a necessary crackdown on uh, increasing law and order. Um, we've had a variety of messages so far, and I've got another one here from Miranda who says, I agree with you 100%, Matthew. This is the government furthering their culture war. Look at the people's look at the people this bill targets. Travellers, protesters, people who disagree with the government. If you're a Tory and you support a Conservative government, then these are the people on the other side that you disagree with. The government are providing an opportunity for their supporters to stop their enemies from being able to protest against their policies. That is the definition of a democratic crisis. In a democracy, you can't stop people who disagree with you from speaking out and saying their point. And that's what this government is trying to do. Well, Miranda, um, I agree with you. I, I've said this um, throughout the show. And um, yeah, you've kind of echoed what I'm saying. The idea that um, in, making, in, in allowing the Home Secretary to determine what is um, disruptive to the public, it leaves it leaves the law open to so much abuse from a Home Secretary who wants to suppress um, dissent against what they're doing and against their government. Um, let, for example, let's say um, people are let's say the government are planning to introduce a um, introduce a big cut to benefits, and uh, people start protesting. The government under this under this bill have the power to. Um, have given the pa- the pol- sorry have given the police the power to um, break up protests if they think the protests will be disruptive. Not even if they are being disruptive, and even if they are being disruptive, the definition of disruptive is up to the Home Secretary. So, uh, like I said, um, it leaves the whole um, situation very open to um, very open to abuse and very open to exploitation from a government who wants to suppress dissent. And um, I think it's it's very dangerous. And um, that's why I'm opposed to this bill. There are parts of this bill that um, would be um, less polarising. I'm not going to say less, po- less popular. Um, I'm not going to say more popular because I do think that um, the main part of this bill is actually quite popular for a lot of people. That's why the Conservatives are doing it. Um, but yeah, um, I think the, the parts that would be um, less polarising are the parts, for example, at the tougher sentences for sexual offenders and um, those things. And one question about this bill, that's the part that Boris Johnson has repeatedly uh, brought up. The fact that this will protect uh, victims of sexual crimes and um, will keep them safe. And that, that's the part he's pr- repeatedly spoken about to the media. He hasn't spoken about um, he hasn't spoken about um, the other aspects of this bill the ones that crack down on protests. And I think that the silence is perhaps quite telling in that um, they want to almost try and sneak this bill through. So, yeah, I put my cards on the table there. That's what I think. I'm very strong and I think this bill is quite very, very dangerous. Um, But we've got another text here from Nathan who disagrees with me and you, Miranda, who says, this might be a controversial opinion, Matthew, but I think it's about time the police had the power to stop disruption from happening before it actually happens. What good is a police force that can only act once an incident has already taken place? They need to stop things before it's too late. Protests are ineffective. They don't change anything and they are disruptive. They stop our country from being able to move. And whilst I'm in support of a lot of the movements that have been protesting recently, these protests are filled with anarchists 
who jump on a movement just to disturb society. I'm sorry, guys, but I'm in support of this bill. Well, Nathan, firstly, thank you for getting in touch. It is good to have um, uh, the other side of the story. But I have to say, um, well, you know it um, in your message that um, me and you completely disagree on this. And I'll tell you why I disagree with you, Nathan. I, I agree in part that protests are disruptive because they are. But that's the point. They're disruptive to try and cause annoyance and get people to listen. And you say that they're ineffective. And in some cases they are. But I think that in other cases, like the example of the protests in apartheid South Africa, um, even you could say the Extinction Rebellion protests, which have, um, whilst being um, annoying to a lot of people and disruptive, have um, increased uh, the talk around climate change and uh, made it a more prominent issue. Uh, the Black Lives Matter protests, all of these things have raised... Um, have kind of raised the profile of the issues these people are protesting and I feel that they are effective not every process is but I feel that um, in many cases they are and even if you um, you agree or disagree it doesn't matter with I'll say oh, sorry I'll say that sentence again it does not matter whether you agree or disagree uh, with the uh, intention or the cause of the protest what I think is most important is that people have a right to protest and um a right to protest and to express their opinion about a bill. You talk about um, how the police need powers to stop something before it's already happened. And yeah, the police deserve that when it uh, deserve that power when it comes to stopping a murder or um, stopping a robbery or stopping other crimes where they have sig significant evidence that something will happen. But how on earth are the police meant to um, are the police in in good faith meant to honestly say? Oh, I suspect there's going to be significant disruption now when significant disruption hasn't happened. I think that um, the vagueness, if that's a word, of the this bill and the wording of this bill allows the police to simply remove any protest that they want on the government's orders, which I think is a very dangerous thing because the cornerstone of democracy is the ability to protest against the government. So, yeah, that's what I think, Nathan. I, I, I want to say thanks for getting in touch and I'm... Yeah, it, you, your opinion is very valid, of course, but um, I completely disagree with it. But yeah, thanks for getting in touch anyway. Um, got another text here from Luke. And Luke, uh, you're going to be the last message of this topic and um, the last one before our final song. And here's what you say. Um, I don't see this bill as an issue just because the police have the power to crack down on protests. That doesn't mean the, their opposition is silenced. Just because they might arrest people or try to disperse people that doesn't mean that the opposition is silenced. We will still show up. We will still post online. We will still criticise them and make our voices heard. If the government really think that this is going to stop the opposition from opposing them, they've clearly never opened up a history book. It just makes us even angrier. Well, Luke, you've raised a good point there that um, cracking down on protest does not always lead to uh, the movement disappearing. It leads to more anger and... Um, We've, we've seen that this week. That's why I chose this topic. Um, we've seen the anger this week in Bristol with the riots and um, the anger at the police. But I do think that um, online protest is not the same. It's not as effective. And I do think that um, the police having stronger powers, as, we, as we've seen in other nations, um, they, they can be effective in silencing people, whether that's... Um, well, that's completely shutting down a protest or just violently, um, violently dealing with people um, in a way that makes the protesters less likely to come back and protest again. I think that um, 
they can be effective if they really want to. And um, it's something we need to avoid, which is why I really hope that this bill does not get passed. But yeah, I, I'd like to share your optimism, optimism about how protests will persevere. And I do think to an extent they will do. But um, I think the fact that government are moving in this way is dangerous, regardless of whether protests are able to continue to the same extent or not. So I think that's a good place to leave that topic. Thanks to everyone for uh, your questions on the topic. After the break, I want to hear your thoughts on um, the easing of lockdown from Monday. Uh, do you feel that the government are moving too slowly? Do you think the government are moving too quickly even um, with the reopening? And uh, what are your plans uh, for next week and beyond? Uh, have you booked holidays? Are you, are, are you confident that um, the reopening will go to plan. Boris Johnson did say this week that um, the governments are still on plan uh, for the reopening by the 21st of June and everything is still on track. Um, are you confident that that will still be the case in a few months time? Um, yeah, so get in touch after the break. Uh, the final song of the hour on now is Maisie Peters, John Hughes movie. Welcome back to Wizard Radio. That was Maisie Peters, John Hughes movie. So on to our second topic of the hour. I'm asking all of you listening how you're feeling about the easing of lockdown from Monday. And um, yeah, I've got some text in straight away on the topic. Uh, I've got one here from April who says, Honestly, Matthew, I'm looking forward to life starting to go back to normal. Up until this point, I've been fully in support of lockdown and I've accepted that this is what we need to do to keep ourselves and others safe. But now I'm just sick of it. I want to be able to meet other people outside of school. I hate the fact that leaving my house feels like a treat at the moment. That's just not what life is meant to be about. Our cases are going right down in the UK. The timeline is in place. Let's get our life back. Well, April, um, to be honest, I'm very, very, very surprised that it's only now that you're getting sick of lockdown. I was sick of it a long, long time ago. So uh, respect to you for that. But um, yeah, we had a fairly normal summer-ish uh, with restrictions at a minimum, minimum. Um, but yeah, I do think that um, getting our lives back to full normality is a priority. And um, I'm, I'm gonna. I said this uh, last year um, when restrictions were first being eased in um, maybe June, July last year, that I would take full advantage of every bit of the easing of restrictions. Um, I trust the scientists, and I feel that. Um, when they say it's safe, it is safe. And I will be um, taking as much advantage of them as I can because I, lockdown, as I said earlier in the show, it's not sustainable. It's not something that anyone wants full time. And um, the sooner we're out of it, the better. It was necessary, but, it's, but, but um, yeah, like I said, the sooner it's over, the better because it's not good for business. It's not good for people's mental health, their physical health. And also, like you said, you just want your life back. Uh, during lockdown, people's lives are on halt. Uh, we we can't we can't travel anywhere. We can't do things, and yeah, it, it's not nothing. Nothing about it is sustainable, and um, it can't be something that becomes um, becomes the norm. We that that goes back to our last topic when we talk about the freedoms and stuff. But yeah, um, as soon as it's safe, um, people want to go back to doing exactly what they want, and I feel that. Uh, now the restrictions are being eased, I'm definitely going to take full advantage of them. So, yeah, um, thanks for that text, April. I've got another text here from Sammy who says, on one hand, I'm excited from the e for the easing of lockdown to be able to actually see friends properly and have a life. On the other hand, I'm very scared. 
With the third peak happening in Europe, Chris, Chris Whitty saying there'll probably be another peak in the UK. These are scary times. The last time the government loosened the rules last year, it resulted in a peak much bigger than the first one. When I go out and see people once the lockdown rules are relaxed, I'll have the anxiety at the back of my mind that there is a big risk. I completely understand that, Sammy. Um, I would just say that uh, cases are extremely low right now in the UK. Uh, there were only two deaths um, from coronavirus yesterday and um, 33 people are currently in intensive care in the entire UK uh, with coronavirus. That does not mean that um, restrictions should be completely eased because half the population have not been vaccinated and if, if the virus um, is able to spread, then there's chances of another mutation. But another thing that um, is worth remembering is that the third wave experienced in Europe right now is a result of the variant that we had in the UK at the start of this year, the variant that caused so much damage and um, such a huge spike. Um, so it's likely that um, when that comes to the UK, we've already got some level of protection from it. And uh, another big difference the last time around is vaccination. Uh, the people that have been vaccinated already so far, the over 50s and the vulnerable, account for 99% of all deaths from coronavirus, which is brilliant news. It doesn't mean that restrictions should be completely eased. Of course, it doesn't, because whilst the virus is still allowed to spread between younger people, even though their risk of getting seriously ill is extremely minimal, um, the fact that it's allowed to spread the virus will mean that um, there's more greater chance of a mutation which could produce a, a variant that's more dangerous. So, of course, everyone needs to get vaccinated and we can't fully, fully um, release restrictions until a larger proportion of people have been vaccinated. It is uh, more positive in that um, should we get another wave, the death rate will be far lower because um, the death rate will be far lower because um, because the people that are most at risk from dying from the virus are protected. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, a very positive thing to um, bear in mind. So, yeah, uh, thanks for that text there, Sammy. I completely understand your anxiety, but... Um, Hopefully, maybe what I said reassured you a bit. But anyway, I've got another text here from Mike, and this is going to be the last text of the hour. He said, these lockdown changes can't come sooner, Matthew. Personally, I would like to see the reopening happen quicker. The distance between March the 29th and June, when all of the social distancing measures are over, is a long time. And with cases so low in the UK, it feels a bit weird that we need to wait so long. But I'm OK with it as long as things don't move back even later. June is going to be an amazing time. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to take advantage of every change in the rules as they come. Well, Mike, you pretty much echoed everything I said in the response to the last message, and I, I completely agree with you. Um, I do understand the frustration. I actually completely agree with you at how slow the reopening is going to be, but the logic behind it is that this reopening is going to be permanent and we will not be going back into lockdown. So I do understand it from that point of view because um, the slower we go, the safer it will be, but... I am frustrated in how slow it is and to be honest I feel that a lot of people once restrictions start to be eased will be um, seeing friends inside and doing things that they're not technically allowed to do anyway especially if um, the vaccination continues at the same speed and cases remain very low so yeah thanks for the text there Mike um, let's get in touch thanks to everyone who's got in touch over the course of the hour if you missed any of the show uh, this show will be available for the next seven days on our website www.wizgrader.co.uk forward slash repeat go to the Sunday section and my show's there and if you want to hear this week's show and um, loads of other shows from weeks gone by 
Uh, it's available as a podcast on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Uh, subscribe on Apple, follow us on Spotify, and leave a review. Um, yeah, um, up next is Madeline Molly, but first it's time for the news and the weather.